DJ and PK, it's time now to talk Utah football with the former Ute quarterback, Frank Dolce, our Ute insider here on the Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular and hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good to talk to you. Hope you're doing well. Well, we're all doing well, but I don't think we're doing as well as the Utes did in the first half in Palo Alto. Did that say more about Utah or more about Stanford? How'd you take it? Well, man, Stanford didn't look very good. So I, I don't know what to think about that Stanford team. They're, they're, it's a roller coaster. It's kind of a roller coaster ride. And I, I don't know if, if they have. Um, if they've cast in the season or if they're still interested in playing, but it just doesn't, it didn't feel very like, and, and, you know, I, I don't know what the the numbers were announced for the crowd on, on online. It kept saying capacity is 50,000, but it wouldn't announce the, the numbers. I didn't see if you guys saw the, the crowd, but there wasn't a crowd there. I think there 242 were 242 people. I think were there 242. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, 240 were Utah fans. So, uh, I I I think Utah. It, it was good. it was a combination of Utah was was pretty good, and Stanford just didn't seem interested. No, I would agree with that. But I need you to know, Frank. We've changed clocks now. The weather's getting worse. I am in football mode. This interview right now, you need to be prepared because I'm putting hat on hat. Okay, let's go. I'm ready. I'm always ready. Isn't that a isn't that a thing somewhere? Do the Marines say that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And in my heart, I like to think of myself as a Marine. (laughs) I knew I couldn't cut it, so I didn't shine up for it. You identify as a Marine. (laughs) I I, I'm with I'm with you. I like that. The key the key word. So I think that you know we've known that Utah's had some stumbles. It's funny because for years they stumbled in November. Now they've changed that and they stumbled in December which is good to be in the position to stumble in December because a lot of teams aren't even in that position. But the Utes are this year, and they have been. And so with that in mind, I'm not expecting a stumble. At minimum, minimum, I'm expecting a split with Oregon. I don't care about Arizona and Colorado. That's a waste of time. Uh, you got to play them, and they suck. So go beat them, and and hopefully nobody gets hurt. I mean that that's the goal. The goal of those two games is beat those teams and don't have any major injuries along the way. But the Oregon game next week, and then the game, which I think is just I know Utah's going to be there. I'm pretty sure Oregon's going to be there. I think they split. What do you think? Yeah i I would lean that way. Also, it's just it's really hard to beat a team twice, especially. You know, like a, like an Oregon team that's that's super talented. Although I, it doesn't quite feel like Oregon has put it all together. I think that starts with the quarterback position. Like I think they're super talented all over the field, and maybe um, average to above average talented at the quarterback position. So that that may be an issue with that football team, but. Uh, but I like what I like what Coach Cristobal does. I like his philosophy and his culture, and 
And so that's going to be, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's impossible. Um, I wouldn't say it's impossible for Utah to lose twice to that, to that football team if they got in that position. But I think a split is, very, is a very reasonable way to, to look at it. And if Utah so, – so I try to say, you know, when have we seen Oregon at their best, you know, Ohio State? That was, that was pretty early in the football season. When have we seen Utah at their best? Well, that seems pretty recent. Maybe Stanford. Um, there's been, you know, halves of play where we've seen Utah really good recently. Uh, so I think if you match up Utah's best and Oregon's best, I think, oh man, I want to say that Utah edges out Oregon, but when, you know, when Oregon's at their best, they're pretty good. So I guess I just talked myself into your <laughs> one and one. <laughs> Especially they're going to play them like th- twice. They'll play them three weeks apart too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I uh, so which is more? I mean, which game is more meaningful? Do you think? Think uh, second one. If it, it, the second one, yeah, yeah, the second one. So, so do you throw the this one? <laughs> you throw this one so you can beat them in the second one. <laughs> yeah, and then you, then you and then if Oregon wins out and then you beat them, the whole conference hates you because you didn't uh, you took away the chance for a team to go to the playoff but that's the way it goes so yeah, yeah. i mean if you if you're you no you utah you oregon needs to win both to get to the playoff so there's more pressure on them there from that perspective but if you're the utes yeah. you take the pac 12 title game versus this one here there's no way oregon's going to the playoff no way I, there's no there's no way no Even way out, there's no way no way no he way. says sniggy correct them Actually, my next question was going to be everybody in all the other Pac-12 uh, campuses believes that it will be a split because everything always goes wrong for the Pac-12. They won't get a team in a playoff. What is most likely to go wrong and jack everything up? Well, Utah is going to get one of those two games off Oregon. I think the playoff committee is counting on that uh, <laughs> based on the way they, they did the rankings. But but. I just even even if Oregon goes undefeated, I just don't see the and if Oregon goes undefeated and Ohio State goes undefeated, and Cincinnati gets screwed. <laughs> Cincinnati gets screwed. But what about Oklahoma sitting outside? How does Oklahoma stay out? I thought you were going to say, uh, well, if Georgia beats Alabama, then Alabama's out. Because Alabama will have two losses, and if, well, if they yeah. don't, then you have two SEC teams. That's and they absolutely set themselves up to do that. If but Bama absolutely. beats Georgia, right. Bama's one, and Georgia will fall to three. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think it's very, <laughs> I think it's very unlikely that Oregon, Oregon gets in. Hmm. So and and I don't know that a I so, don't know that a one loss Oregon team. I don't know. Is it a one yes, Oregon yes. team competitive with the top four or five teams? Well, well they, they have the a win over. They have a win over one loss Ohio State. And what your your nightmare scenario? I know with, without 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 their best defensive players too. I mean, Georgia, it's a good win. There's no question. Alabama beats Georgia and is one. Okay. Georgia falls to two or three. 
Oklahoma, uh-huh. if Oklahoma's undefeated, I'm not convinced they will be, for the same reason I'm not convinced Oregon can win out. But if Oklahoma does yeah. win out, they're in it too because they're undefeated. Georgia falls to three with a loss, and Ohio State is four, and Cincinnati is out, and Oregon is out. Yeah. I think and Notre Dame the, is out, for that matter. I mean, Notre Dame, we could be sitting here. You know, if Notre Dame needs one more game, Notre Dame and BYU should call each other. BYU's thinking, hey, we're one big win away from going to a, maybe a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. To throw a game together real quick, a 13th game, you can That's play it in Canada. There's a, there's a loophole. Well, you're a dumb hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh. I know it's not going to happen. Then why bring it up, we're man? We're serious here. We I don't know what win. you guys are planning on. Dude, you know you, how you do you do during the week now? You'll do like some cut-up of your interviews today. If the cut-up of you're a dumb hole <laughs> replaying all week long, I don't know what's wrong. Whoever does that, just that's, that's your loop for the rest of the week. <laughs> There's a loophole. No, you're a dumb hole. Well, I could have gone worse, but I didn't. Yeah, that was good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for showing some restraint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's comment comment of the day. You did, man. You did come ready to go hat to hat. <laughs> I got my hand in the dirt. I'm hat on hat today. I about dropped dead when I saw Kyle Whittingham elect to receive Mr. Defense. We're going on offense, man. He knew. They'd seen the film. He, Eel, he never he does okay, that. Right. It's okay, not like so the first time they've whacked somebody. That's true. He, but but he, the, Frank, why did they do that and then throw on two of the first three plays? Now they converted the third down, but I thought as soon as they thought that, I thought they've already scripted out twelve straight run plays to start this game. They're going after the twelfth best run defense in the league, which would be the I, worst run defense in the league. And then they threw on them on two of the first three plays. You can, you can't I can't ever decipher what you know what's in the mind of an offensive coordinator. I never understand it because to all of us, so you 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 think well. Look at that. Utah's going to go on offense. Well, of course they're going to go on offense because Stanford is terrible on defense. They give up, you know, 1,000 yards a game, and 600 of that is, is rushing. So That's just a one player. You go on, and, and yeah, and, and Utah is, you know, running the ball pretty well. So, yeah, we're going to, of course, we're going to go on offense, and then we're just going to just jam it down the middle of the line of scrimmage and we're going to beat everybody up and and we go dropping back to dropping back to pass. I don't I don't know. I mean and and I have I have learned to just say look, I'm not in the I'm not in the film room. And so what I see on TV maybe looks different than in in the film room or maybe what we see on the on the paper or stats page is different than what we see in the film room, but clearly uh, Coach Ludwig and that offensive staff saw something in the pass game they th- thought they could exploit early, and maybe it was just a thing to get Cam Risen comfortable throwing the ball early, because they knew that maybe he wasn't going to throw the ball a bunch during the game, and he sure didn't. He didn't need to. So, I don't know. I don't know how to decipher it. I don't know why they threw the ball a couple times in the first few plays of the game, um, you know, to keep Stanford off balance, who knows. But, but what, whatever it is, um, Utah figured it out. They were really good up front, and eventually they got to the part where they just started smashing Stanford with the run game. 
Frank, we're talking a lot about Oregon, but is there any chance Washington State beats Oregon? Because yeah. then they both have two losses. Was yeah. it have the tiebreaker? They'd be in the driver's seat. Yes, absolutely. I said that. I said that um, last week when when I was with uh, Hans and Scotty. I said, watch Washington State beat Oregon, and then and then who's now who's in charge of the North? Sure, but if you're Utah, and, you don't want that at all. No, I don't think you want that. No, no, I'm just saying that that's a that's uh, not an unlikely scenario for for Washington State to do that because it's because it's the Pac-12, and that's something that is that is very reasonable to think would happen. So until in, until Oregon State lost again, which I, who knows? I, at one point I was like, we, nobody wants to play Oregon State, and now it's like everybody wants to play Oregon State. <laughs> But at one point, it was even as late as last week. You know, Washington State wins, Oregon State wins, Oregon wins. All of a sudden, and then and then you have possibly Oregon State beating Oregon, Washington State beating Oregon. I mean, the whole North is a mess. It's a complete mess. But yes, I'm with you. Like I think Washington State could could be a little disrupt, di- disruptive uh, on on the, in yeah. in the North. Not with no PK though. That wrecks the storyline. Oregon's a storyline. It does. That's the one everyone no, wants. But PK is like, I mean, PK is very malleable. I mean, he would, whatever <laughs> the storyline is this week, <laughs> next week he would, he would have a new storyline, right? He, I mean, oh, he'd put a hat so, on a hat and go after a new storyline. There's no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, I, don't, I have no, no, question, no question about that. The Pac-12 is just, is just weird this year. So, you know, what, whatever's happening at Washington right now, um, coaches being fired. I thought Jonathan Smith had it dialed in, um, and maybe they're still a year, a, a year away. I, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a funny conference. Dante Williams is doing everything he can not to be the next head coach at at USC. So I, it's a it's a weird conference. I wouldn't be surprised to see five head coaching op- opportunities in the South. This year, I mean that that is that seems like a reasonable possibility with with what's happening. Although you know, Colorado's kind of Colorado's kind of coming around. What do you guys think of Carl Durrell, By the way, I mean, is he is he going to get that thing going? Is he a is he a long timer at Colorado? No, I would guess no. No, <laughs> man. Sorry. You know, I wanted him to do, I wanted him to do so well at UCLA and then it just never kind of it never materialized and then I thought okay, he's going to he's going to really light it on fire at at Colorado. Maybe it's just cuz I want him to. I don't know. I just think he's I think it's largely guy, because you but, want him to. Yes. Great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. I've talked to him many yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Great great yeah. guy, but there's some serious heavy lifting to be done there. And so I think until we see someone do it, the default prediction is no, they're not going to. Even though PK has said a million times, well, you never know with a coaching hire. True. They're True starting enough. to do. They're doing some facility stuff there, and that's going to help. Probably the next guy. Oh man! And Boulder's a great town. I mean, I, I think Boulder's a great place. It shouldn't be too difficult to to recruit there, and, and certainly they've had success in the past. So, do you think? Uh, do you think Jimmy Lake survives this year? No, I'm with PK. No. He just got suspended a game without pay. They've got a great chance to lose to Washington State and end on a down note. 
They're four and five. Are they? Are they going to be bowl eligible? No. Oh man. They can lose to ASU and drop to four and six. Beat Colorado. Lose to Wazoo. Be five and seven. No. There's a, there's a little, there's a little, <laughs> he's putting there's no little, hat on the no hat. <laughs> no, no. There's a little rumor going around in Seattle that the trustees are getting together and putting together a nice package for Chris Peterson <laughs> to come back. No. Please. <laughs> Please. Please, Chris, we're begging you. We got no other ideas. If he's interested in coaching, excuse me, I'm SC, I throw him Whatever package Washington puts, I triple it. No question. Yeah, you just go down to New. You go down to Newport Beach and tell some alums to write some checks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Chris Peterson at uh, at USC. I just think that. I think that would be fantastic for the Pac-12. I would think most U fans would like to not see that happen. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that part of it, but but um, for the for for the sake of the conference, I mean, the conference needs something because as it sits, you can't have like you, you can't go through a every year like oh we got one loss Oregon or we have one loss this team and if they win the rest of their games and it's unlikely that the winners of the games and are they going to be over to, able to overcome the f- playoff committee and. You need a dominant team in in the Pac-12, or the Pac-12 is never going to see the playoffs ever. So, I mean, for the for the Pac-12, they need to make some. They need to figure out some hires. Chris Peterson is is a guy that they need to go. I mean, they just need to go get him, and they need to put him in the right spot. Washington potentially is the right spot. USC definitely is a right spot. So, uh, I. I just don't know how – philosophically, I just don't know that the Pac-12 as a conference is really that interested in in a football championship. So, And if that's the case, then, then they'll go find a, you know, a good guy to run USC. But USC will have two losses every year, even with all the talent. And same with Washington and, and maybe Oregon. You know, maybe one team will sneak through with one loss, but, but they're never going to see the playoffs. If if that's the way it's going to be, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe we just have to settle on that. The Pac-12 is just that's not the the main focus of the Pac-12 is to win a football championship. We'll leave it right there, Frank. Thanks for the downer. Did we even talk about Utah, Arizona? We tried not to. <laughs> I listened. PK, did you listen to that? Did you listen to the radio broadcast? Did you watch the game? Which game? Arizona, sorry, the Arizona game last week. I did not listen to radio, no. What well, so I like to listen I I t- t- I like to listen to the local radio broadcasts when I can. Like so I listen to the Arizona broadcast. And I can't remember the name you probably know him. I can't remember the name of the uh of the play-by-play guy for Arizona. Um but he did he did a nice job on the broadcast. It was very entertaining listening to him, and you could just hear the excitement in his voice as it got closer and closer and closer. And I, I'm not kidding. I think that he broke down and shed tears at like he got all choked up. 
at the end of that at the end of that football game. It was just kind of an amazing moment to listen in in radio football. It was like he he literally broke down. He was emotional. <laughs> he was talking about. I think it was homecoming. I mean, all of these things kind of went congealed together in the perfect storm, and and uh, it was quite a moment in uh, in radio football history. I thought it was very entertaining. Frank, good to catch up with you. We will talk to you again next week. Thank you. All right, you guys. You're the best. Have a great week. Hat on hat next week, Frank. All right, Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, on a bye week coming up at 9 o'clock. And John Judkins, Dixie State men's basketball coach, facing number 1-ranked Gonzaga. He'll be here at 9.30. We have jazz tickets to give away, and we will do that next. And if you don't win, then again in the 9 o'clock hour. If you don't win then, well, you know, the rest of the day here on The Zone. DJ and PK, somebody's going to the Jazz Hawks game. It's tonight, and we'll give away the tickets next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.